You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. I have never been more ready for a taping in my life. I have my two and a half cups of coffee right here in this novelty-sized goblet, the exact right amount to give me energy, but not jitters. I've got supportive footwear, and I've got the right music to pump me up. This music is so great. It makes me want to move. Look at me. I'm dancing. A few high kicks. Some light tap dancing. Now I'm doing the worm. I didn't know I could do the worm. I feel like I could do 50 jumping jacks. Why not? Who says kids have more energy than adults? <laughs> oh, okay, this is wearing me out. Oh, okay, how many jumping jacks am I at? Like 10? Okay, I need to lie down. Or maybe, yeah, drink some more coffee. Where's my goblet? There we go. Let's do this. This is Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Dominka from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Hi, and welcome. Hello, Molly. So, Dominka, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, what is your energy level right now? I would say a 9 because I'm pretty excited. Awesome. So what is like a full-on 10 for you? What is that like? I just feel like everything will go perfectly and nothing bad could ever happen. I just feel like I'm walking on air. That sounds like an excellent feeling. So like when does that happen? When do you feel that feeling? Like sometimes after I've just like won like maybe like a really important game or I just get something really important or very special that I wanted to get. So it sounds like your energy level might be tied to things that are happening, like your emotions. Yeah, I would say that it was. So what about like a one? How does, how do you feel like when you're like a one for energy? I just feel like nothing could ever work out. And if it does and I go, it must be some sort of mistake or accident. So we are going to explore the well of energy inside all of us today. It was something we were very curious about after hearing this question. Hello, my name is Harlan and I live in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And my question is, why do kids have more energy than adults? So, Dominka, would you say that you have more energy than your parents? Definitely. I just feel like I'm always, like, running or jumping or playing catch with our dog or something. But my parents are always like, woo, that's a long game of catch. Let me sit down for a second. I'm like, how could you be sitting down? <laughs> oh, us poor adults. We just don't have the energy <laughs> to match. So are there other times where you're like, come on, guys, let's do something. And they're like, um, can I just drink another cup of coffee? Yeah, well, for my mom, it's the morning, and for my dad, it's at night, so. Well, that's good. At least you have one who's awake at different times of day, maybe. Yeah. So, Dominka, I was wondering, now that you can't go to school and get energy out that way, are there things that you found to sort of help you burn off your extra energy? When I was at school, I would walk the halls a lot because I would have to go from, like, my homeroom to my advanced math and then back to my homeroom. So I'd have to walk a lot. And so now I'll just go outside and I'll pace up and down the yard and up and down the yard because it just gets my legs. They get tired, like, after, like, 30 mm -hmm. minutes or so. 
Well, before we get to the kids versus grown-up energy question, we should start with the basics. How do our bodies get and use energy in the first place? We asked Brains On producers Mark Sanchez and Sandon Totten to help break this down for us. Hey, you two. Hey, Sandon. Is that a cart full of (laughs) breakfast tacos? Yep, it's part of our demonstration. Speaking of which, where's Mark? Mark's going to be late. Really? I didn't get a text from him or... Oh, oh, he doesn't know he's going to be late. Yet. You see, I snuck into his room yesterday and set his alarm for later than usual. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mark would be upset if he found out you changed his alarm. Oh, don't worry. He hasn't found out. I watched to make sure on the cameras I installed in his room. Sandin. No, no, no. He knows about the cameras. He knows about the cameras, I promise. He agreed to be filmed as part of this demonstration. The alarm is the only part he doesn't know about. Well, the alarm and the tacos. Let me just call up the live feed here. Ah, there we go. See, Mark is still sleeping. Oh, look at those cute pajamas. They're covered in drawings of dancing pickles. We'll get to Mark in a second, but first, Molly, Dominka, have a breakfast taco. Thanks. Looks delicious. Mm, this is so good. Thanks, Andon. So, the story of energy in our bodies begins with food. In this case, tacos. Soon, your body will digest that brekkie taco by breaking it down into lots of different things, like vitamins, minerals, and a special kind of sugar called glucose. Mmm, glucose. Glucose is super important for energy. Your stomach and your small intestine will take in that glucose and pass it on to your bloodstream. From there, it'll swim around and can pretty much go anywhere in the body. Some of it will be stored in places like the liver or in muscles or fat cells. That's, you know, so you can use it later. But before glucose can power your cells, it needs to be broken down even further into something called ATP. Awesome taco party! No, no, that's not what ATP stands for. No, I mean this is an awesome taco party! Can I have another, please? Oh, uh, sure. Here you go. Yes, thank you. So, ATP actually stands for adenosine triphosphate. Think of glucose like a big chunk of gold. And ATP is like actual dollars and cents. A big chunk of gold is worth a lot, but you can't just like go to your local grocery store and buy oat milk and gum or juice with it. First, you need to exchange that gold for cash. ATP is that cash. And it's your cells that do the exchanging. They take the glucose and break it down into a few different things, including a bunch of ATP molecules. Then your body can start spending that ATP energy on important things like exercise, studying, playing. Or reaching for another taco. Yoink! So now that we've covered how our bodies get glucose from food and how our cells break down that glucose into ATP. Which is basically energy money our bodies spend to do stuff. Yep. So how do our bodies spend that ATP? This is where Mark comes in. And he should be waking up... Right about now. <sighs> Another beautiful day. Oh, what? I'm late. I gotta, I gotta get ready. I gotta find myself. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Mark hasn't had breakfast yet. So where is he getting all this energy from? Well, his muscles and yours have a tiny amount of ATP stored in them. So that first moment Mark jumped out of bed. That was him using that ATP that was just chilling in his muscles. No time to find matching socks. I'll just wear sandals. But that ATP in the muscles runs out pretty fast. In about three seconds. So next, 
the muscles turn to a chemical in them called creatine phosphate. The muscles can break down creatine phosphate pretty quickly to make more ATP. It's like having a check you can easily cash for some dollars and cents. I can't forget to comb my teeth and brush my hair. I, I mean, teeth my hair and comb my teeth. I, I, I mean, whatever. I gotta go. But your muscles can only use creatine phosphate for energy for a short while, too. Like 8 to 10 seconds. Perfect if you're lifting weights or swinging a bat or kicking a soccer ball. So next, Mark's muscles will start using glucose stored in the form of glycogen. Glycogen is a chemical that can be broken down to make glucose, which, as we talked about, can be broken down to make more ATP. But as you can imagine, all this breaking down from one thing to the other takes more time, so this process is slower. But probably right about now, Mark's body is getting energy this way. All right, quick check. Keys, wallet, pants. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm ready to sprint to the studio! But alas, using glycogen only works for about a minute and a half. To run all the way to the studio, well, that's going to require some long-lasting energy, which means Mark needs oxygen. Oxygen can help break down more glucose into glorious ATP energy money. But this process takes even longer than the other ones I mentioned, so it doesn't really kick in until you've been active about two minutes. When that happens, it's called aerobic respiration. Oh, like aerobic exercises. I do those at the gym sometimes. Exactly. These types of exercises need long-lasting energy, so they rely on this aerobic respiration to keep you full of ATP. And that's how your body makes and uses energy. Hey, uh, sorry I'm late. Alarm problems. Uh, did, did I miss the demonstration? Nope. In fact, you are right on time, Mark. I, I am? Yep, and you did your part perfectly. Now... Look what I brought you. Breakfast tacos! Yes! I am so drained. I had to run all the way from my house. I figured you'd be hungry. Look, I even got extra pickled onions. Delicious. What an awesome taco party. That's what I said. Hand me another one, Sandin. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me three. That first one is donezo. All right, all right. Plenty of tacos to go around. Enjoy that glucose, everybody. Get that ATP. Chow down. Okay, Dominka, I hope you're feeling recharged. Yep, and full of tacos. Great, because you need to be alert for this next one. It's the... Here it is. Okay, Dominka, what is your guess? I don't know. I just kind of heard like a rhythmic thumping, so like remind me of a ball bouncing. But then I also heard this kind of like tiny like crack sound, almost like mm. like plastic knocking against each other. So I'm not sure. Guess maybe a gym. Hmm. Excellent, excellent guess. Well, we're gonna give you another chance to hear it and guess a little later in the show. Brains, brains, brains. We don't just use energy when we're running around. We actually use it all the time. Yeah, it takes energy to keep your heart beating, your lungs breathing, and your brain thinking. In fact, you're burning energy constantly, even when you sleep. And different people burn energy at different rates. We call that rate your metabolism. And it's controlled in large part by this gland called the thyroid. 
It kind of looks a little bit like a butterfly. That's Dawn Belt Davis. She's a physician and teaches at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. She is an endocrinologist. This is the type of doctor that studies hormones and how they keep the body in balance. It has two butterfly wing shapes, which we call the lobes on either side. And then it has a little thin area in the middle. So it kind of runs right across like the front of your neck where your voice box would be. The thyroid makes hormones, which are like chemical messages your body uses to control all kinds of stuff, like your growth, your digestion, and your mood. The hormone that the thyroid makes is called, wait for it, the thyroid hormone. Props for keeping it simple. Yeah, the thyroid uses this hormone to help control your energy levels, and is constantly pumping out that thyroid hormone. You could think of it as like a volume switch maybe on your music or something so you would turn it up if you need a little bit more and then you turn it down but there's always some volume. It's almost like the thyroid is a DJ and your energy levels are a non-stop dance party. Hello my party people! Are you ready to rock DJ? DJ! DJ! Thyroid! So the thyroid actually tends to tell your body to use up the food that you've eaten and turn it into energy. All right, cells, grab some food, grab some stored glucose or fats, and get ready to jam. I'm going to play that special ATP-making music, so let's break down some glucose. Can I get a yeah? Yeah, yeah. Can I get an all? So when you need more energy, DJ Thyroid sends signals to your body to start using the energy stored in fat or in your liver. It also helps control your body temperature. And when we're running low on energy, the thyroid helps make us hungry. So we eat and refuel. And get this, the thyroid even helps control our moods. The thyroid also can act back at the level of the brain. You can think of it as kind of activating the nervous system and activating certain parts of your brain. And that can lead to increased energy, which is thinking of energy in terms of like how you feel, right? Do you feel excited? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel ready to go? Or do you feel slow and sluggish and depressed? And so thyroid hormone is going to kind of push you more into that excited, anxious, ready to go kind of energy level (laughs) or uh, feeling than if you don't have enough thyroid hormone, then you may feel slow and sluggish and depressed. How you feeling tonight? I can't hear you. We need to boost that mood. That's better. Now, I said, how are you feeling tonight? That's more like it. The balance is basically to keep you right where you need to be in the middle and not way too slow and sluggish and not way too fast and ramped up. Another really important part of the energy story is sleep. Ah, sleep. One of my favorite hobbies. Remember how we told you that ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate? And not awesome taco party? Right. 
Well, when you use ATP for energy, your body is breaking apart that adenosine triphosphate. One of the pieces left over is called just adenosine. Makes sense to me. ATP has adenosine in the name after all. So as you go about your day, you use ATP and create more and more adenosine. In the brain, this adenosine sits on brain cells and makes them kind of sluggish and tired. Hello, brain cell. It's me, adenosine. Mind if I sit on you? I mean, I guess. Look into my eyes. You are getting sleepy. You are getting very sleepy. The longer you're awake, burning ATP, the more adenosine builds up in your brain, making you more and more tired. Eventually, you'll fall asleep. And luckily, your brain uses that time to clear out the extra adenosine, so you wake up feeling nice and refreshed. Huh? What happened? Get out of here, adenosine! Ooh. I shall make my retreat. Bye! Cool fact, caffeine, the chemical in coffee that wakes you up, is super similar looking to adenosine. So when you have caffeine, it goes into your brain and sits on the same spot of the cell that adenosine would normally fit into, basically blocking it. Except, unlike adenosine, caffeine doesn't make you tired. Hello again, brain cell. Mind if I have a... Who's sitting in my seat? It's caffeine. Yeah, this seat is taken, so scram, adenosine. You haven't seen the last of me. I'll be back, and then you'll have to sleep. So, that's part of how caffeine helps give you energy. Coming up, the battle we've all been waiting for, the ultimate test. Who has more energy? Kids or adults? Stick around. Hey you. Yeah, you listening right now. We've got super exciting news. We've written a book. It's called Brains on Presents. It's alive! <laughs> It's all about the wild world of living things, from narwhals and neurons to flowers and fungus. Plus, it's got colorful comics, mystery photos, and lots of mind-blowing science facts. It's brains on, but for your eyes. It comes out September 2020, that's this September, but you can pre-order it now, so you're the first to get it. Just go to bit.ly slash brainsonbook. That's bit.ly slash brainsonbook. If you could build a very tiny robot, what would it do? Would it herd dust bunnies under your bed or climb in your nose to trim your nose hairs? Dominka, what would your microbot do? My microbot could sense when something was dropped on the floor, so it'd be able to kind of push it away and put it where it's supposed to be so you wouldn't have to clean. It'd be really small and it would like camouflage to the wall so you'd never be able to see it. That sounds like an excellent robot to have around. Now, what do you think this robot would sound like? Oh, a silent robot. Excellent. Well, we are doing an episode about the smallest of robots, and we want your ideas. Send us a recording describing a tiny robot you'd build, and make sure to let us know what it would sound like, too. Just go to brainson.org slash contact. You can also go there to send us a question like this one. Hi, Brainson. I'm Alita. I'm Eva. I'm Nora. I'm Andal. We're from Portland, Oregon. 
And our question is, why do you lose your voice when you yell really loudly or talk for a while? We'll answer that at the end of the show in our moment of um. Plus, we'll read the latest group of names to be added to the Brain's Honor Roll. Don't miss it. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Welcome back to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly. And I'm Dominka. And you know what's always a good energy booster? Some music. We have a song that tries to answer why adults seem so tired all the time. It's by our pal, Mike Olson. He's part of the band Lake Street Dive. Hit it. I think I've got it all worked out. I notice why my parents are so tired all the time. Just not sure if I should tell my brother and my dog that mom and dad are fighting crying. I think that they're superheroes. It's the only explanation why when they finally get home that all they want to do is put their feet up and stare at their phones. Because they're superheroes. I'm guessing mom has super strength and the ability to fly. And dad would be so stretchy, yeah, he's just that kind of guy. Save the city just in time for my morning cartoons Insisting they're accountants, but I know they're playing cool Otherwise they'd have more energy, I know Which is why I think they're superheroes I'll tell you all the things that I do I go outside and play and sing show tunes all day I rearrange my entire room Then write a Broadway show and teach myself banjo there's always stuff to do, I agree All kinds of books to read And garden slugs to feed I spend an hour on my trampoline Then climb a dozen trees The lap of luxury But I'll never understand Why my demanding kind of schedule Leaves me energy to spare It's becoming quite apparent My poor parents need their rest Far more than me It's totally unfair I think that they're superheroes It's the only explanation why when they finally get home That all they want to do is put their feet up and stare at their phones Cause they're superheroes Maybe mom has x-ray vision to stare right through the walls And dad could push a button on his suit to make him super small Or maybe he could make his skin turn green and burrow underground And she could reach out with her brain and move the furniture around Maybe grown-ups just have got a lot that's on their minds And raising kids is hard even when in the best of times Otherwise they'd have more energy, I know Which 
Which is why I think they're superheroes Believe me that they're superheroes I just know my folks are superheroes My mom and dad are superheroes So yes, I'd say we can all agree that parents seem tired a lot, especially when compared to their kids. So it's time to answer the question, why? But we also have to ask, do kids really have more energy than adults, or does it just seem that way? Yes, yeah, so kids do have more energy than adults, depending how you look at it. That's Sam Urlacher. I study how kids have evolved to use energy to do all of the things that they need to do in life, like play, like fight off infections, like grow. When you look at how active kids are, they have the adults beat. We know that kids do move around a lot more and are much more physically active than adults are. So if we look, for example, in the United States, the average six-year-old moves about twice as much as the average adult does. So between the age of six and about 18 or 19, kids end up moving about 4% less each and every year until they reach adult levels. And there are other differences between kids and adults that make it easier for kids to have more energy. Kids sleep about two more hours every day than adults do. And your body uses fewer calories when you're sleeping. So that saved energy could be, you know, reallocated towards times when you're awake and you can move around more. I think another thing to remember is that kids are just much smaller than adults. So I think, you know, kids can imagine if, if you had to walk around all day with a, a heavy backpack full of rocks, it would be, be really hard, right? And you'd, you'd have to spend a lot more energy to do the same things. So since adults are, are just bigger, it's like they're carrying around that big backpack all the time. Um, kids that are smaller can just do more activity because it costs less to move themselves around. But why? Why do kids evolve to be so energetic compared to their parents? We see that being a kid is actually a stage of life that's distinct to humans. Chimps, they're born, they're, they're babies, and then they, they grow up relatively fast. So when we go back and look at fossils from our human ancestors that anthropologists dig up in the ground, we see this extended development in childhood started to evolve around 2 million years ago. And progressively, kids remained kids for longer and longer, kind of up to our own species and, and, and how we are today. So in our ancient ancestors, kids didn't stay kids for that long, maybe a few years. But as our ancestors evolved, childhood got longer and longer. Scientists don't exactly know why we evolved this way, but they do have some ideas. To be a successful human adult, you need to, of course, learn to do lots of things. So kids having more energy and more time to grow up might allow them to, to play, to explore, uh, to otherwise practice kind of all those skills that they need to learn before becoming adults. So kids have a lot to learn, and they need a lot of energy to do that. But don't we need energy to grow, too? Any organism or any human, any, any kid, has a, a certain number of calories kind of a budget that they can spend to grow, to fight off infections, or to move around and play, to do all these things. It seems like we have evolved childhood specifically to have very low rates of growth. So between the time you're a toddler to when you're a teenager, your body is focused on growing your skills and your brain. 
you definitely are still growing your body, but not as fast as other times. We grow much faster as infants, where we're obviously not moving around much. And we, we grow much faster as adolescents during a growth spurt, where we also are moving less by that point. There are also some physical differences in the bodies of kids and adults that help us understand why kids seem to have so much more energy. Brains On producer Manika Wilhelm created a little game for you and your parents to help us explore this. Yep, Manika here, ready to referee. I brought my whistle. I'm wearing my black and white referee stripes and comfortable running shoes, of course. And my outlook on life is gruff, but fair. So, Domingo, we asked you and your parents to do a series of physical challenges before today's taping. Did you get to do them? Yep. Great. Let's jump right into that first round. The heart rate recovery test. The point of this round was to see who's better at going from resting to playing to resting. So we had you do 30 seconds of jumping jacks, and you measured your pulse three times. Before the jumping, right after the jumping, that's when your heart was thumping the loudest, and then again after you rested for two minutes. The goal is to see whose heart went back to being calm and steady faster. All right, Dominga, how did it go? Well, my resting heart rate is 96 beats per minute. After jumping jacks, it came up to 132 beats per minute. And then two minutes later, I was at 104 beats per minute. Now my mom went from 80 beats per minute to 132 beats per minute after exercising. And then two minutes later, it went down to 92 beats per minute. And then my dad went from 84 beats per minute after the jumping jacks, 128 beats per minute. And then two minutes later, it was 104 beats per minute. Hmm. So after that two minutes, sounds like your heart rate was closest to your resting heart rate, Dominka. Uh, yeah, seems about right. <laughs> In that case, the point goes to Team Kid. Zach Gillen, who's an exercise scientist at the University of Nebraska, told me that because of the way adults' hormones and their body systems work, grown-ups take longer to switch into and out of activity mode. Whereas kids, they can just get out, get going, and they're good to go, and then right afterward, go back inside and be, be resting uh, and recovering. Round two, the long jump. For this round, you started from standing still, and then you did your biggest jump forward. And you measured, or you marked, the length of your jump to see whose was longer. Dominka, have you done long jumps before? I did them like once or twice in PE, but that was pretty much it. Well, this round is a challenge for your muscles. So, who jumped longer at your house, Dominka? Mom was 48 inches, I was 59, but my dad went all the way to like 80 inches. What? I know. The point goes to Team Grown Up. And that makes sense. Your parents are bigger than you, plus our muscles change as we get older. We think about two kinds of muscles. So one kind is called slow twitch muscle, and the other kind is called fast twitch muscle. Fast twitch muscles are really good for doing a big jump like this. Slow twitch muscles are better for running around at a steady pace for a long time. And kids naturally have more slow-twitch muscles, Zach told me. Whereas adults have more of those fast-twitch muscle fibers, which are more powerful and stronger, but they're more fatigable. They can tire out a lot quicker. Round three, a balance challenge. For the final round, we asked you to see who could stand on one leg for longer. 
Dominga, the suspense is killing me. Who balanced longer? My mom, but she only beat me by like eight seconds. So you were very close. And how'd your dad do? Um, he got out like in like the first 30 seconds, but my dog started licking him, so he kind of fell over because he was laughing. <laughs> One point to Team Grown Up. So the reason adults are more coordinated is as you get older, basically your brain is able to turn on and activate more of your muscle and use more of that muscle. Do we have a winner, kids or adults? Well, before we name our winner, kids definitely have a lot of energy and they're different from adults in a couple key ways that help them play a lot. They're better at switching between rest and activity and their muscles are great at keeping going. But adults are usually stronger and also more coordinated. Leah Robinson studies kids and exercise at University of Michigan. And she says there's something else that drags adults down a little bit when you think about their energy levels. They are thinking about, you know, they work and responsibilities. And, you know, concentrating and thinking takes up energy. We might not think of it that way, but it does. Oh, responsibility. The age-old energy drain. Okay, so for our challenge... <clears throat> with two points, the winner is... Team Grown Up! But that parent win has a lot to do with the things we get better at as we get older, like balancing. So in the end, we'll name you both winners. That was Leah's idea. Both of them are winners if they both do it and get it done because it's a great family child activity and I'm a supporter of anything that gets parents and children working together, being outside and being active. Thank you all for playing! Okay, take a sec to catch your breath, Dominka, and while you're resting, let's hear that mystery sound one more time. All right, Dominka, any new thoughts? It kind of sounded like jump rope this time. One of the jump ropes that doesn't have all the beads and stuff on them. It's just like the rope part. So I'm guessing that someone's doing some kind of exercise like jump rope. Excellent. Excellent guess. Here is the answer. Hello, our names are Justin and Amelia. We are from Hamilton, Ontario. And the sound that you just heard was me skipping on my skipping rope. Dominka, you are 100% correct. Yay! Skipping rope, jumping rope, same thing. You got it right. Excellent work. Have you jumped rope before? Well, I've tried, but I'm I'm not that good at it, a.k.a. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. <laughs> but um, I have a friend, and he's really good at it. Can you do, like, fancy tricks and stuff? Yes. Very impressive. I've always wanted to be able to do that, but also cannot. That's a goal to work towards. Just got to get some energy to mm-hmm. do so. Our bodies break down food into glucose and then ATP. It's that ATP that powers our muscles. The thyroid helps to keep our energy levels steady, so we're not too hyper and not too sluggish. Kids are great at switching between resting and playing and playing for a long time. But adults are often more coordinated. We get better at different things as we get older. It's easier for kids to have more energy to spend, and they probably evolved this way so they could spend a lot of energy learning all the skills they need to be adults one day. 
That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Molly Bloom, Mark Sanchez, Sandon Totten, and Manica Wilhelm. We had production help from Ruby Guthrie and Christina Lopez, engineering help from Johnny Vince Evans and Peter Eklund. Special thanks to Monica and Richard Klodnicki, Melanie Renee, Coco Sanchez, and Vicki Kreckler. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio podcast. You can support the show and help us keep making new episodes at brainson.org slash fans. Now, before we go, it's time for our moment of um. Why do you lose your voice when you yell really loudly or talk for a while? I'm Dr. Jennifer Long. I'm an otolaryngologist, which is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And I especially specialize in care of the voice. So first, I think we need to understand how your voice is produced. So your voice comes from your voice box, which is right in the middle of your neck. And within the voice box, which is also called the larynx, you have two paired vocal cords. This is a really tiny little bit of tissue that produces all of that energy that comes out as our voices. In grown-ups, they're about an inch long. It's a little bit smaller than that in kids. And they have to come together and collide. So the two vocal cords actually hit each other many, many times in order to produce the sound waves. So as I'm talking right now, that collision process is happening about 200 times every second. If you're screaming, so that your voice is way up at a higher pitch, that's happening even faster. It's more like 500 times a second. And then the other factor is of course the loudness. To talk louder, you have to bring up more airflow from your lungs. You also have to use more of the muscles that are around the vocal cords to hold them together and stiffen them. And also there's more area of the vocal cords that are making contact with each other when you're speaking loudly. So to get back to why we lose our voice when we're speaking loudly or yelling is that those vocal cords are pretty delicate little things and they're just not meant to undergo that much trauma. So you can think about it like if you're walking with shoes that are a little bit too small and your skin is rubbing and you develop this blister on your foot, something similar happens in the vocal cords. If they're colliding against each other for too long, they will develop almost like a callus and some fluid that builds up inside them. Once that happens, the vocal cords can't do that nice vibration to produce the sound waves. So that's what's happening at the tissue level when we're feeling like we can't produce our normal voice. Um, um, um. My voice is ready to read this list of names. It's time for the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the brilliant listeners who have shared their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives with us. Leo from New York, New York, Makia from Chicago, Lily from Santa Clara, California, Addie from Austin, Texas, Caroline from Coxsackie, New York, Ella from Buffalo, New York, Maya from Spanish Fork, Utah, Riley from Palatka, Florida, Jonah from Wahiawa, Hawaii, Ellie from Columbus, Ohio, LV from Edgewood, Washington, Grayson and Kaya from Atlanta, Emily from Richmond, Virginia, Thatcher from Eagle River, Alaska, Hunter and Ian from Denver, Sarah from Honolulu, Hawaii, Hannah from East Rutherford, New Jersey, Evangeline, Felicity, Ruben and Genevieve from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Charlie from Kennewick, Washington, 
Washington, Kylie and Blake from Fremont, California, Medina from Wilsonville, Oregon, Kavi from Natick, Massachusetts, Lucy and Miles from Mendota Heights, Minnesota, Landon from Bend, Oregon, Benny from Maplewood, New Jersey, L from Vancouver, Washington, Daniel from Rockport, Maine, Sierra from Belmont, Massachusetts, Cameron and Presley from Las Vegas, Clyde from Tucson, Arizona, Jaron from Forney, Texas, Luke from Savannah, Georgia, Chloe from St. Louis, Missouri, Kiara and Lara from Orlando, Florida, Athos from Cyprus, Caleb and Sam from Cape Town, South Africa, Evelyn from Nashville, Tennessee, Michael from California, William from Fort Francis, Ontario, Sasha from Lehigh, Utah, Garrett from Collegeville, Pennsylvania, Elliot from Toronto, Mason from Kamloops, British Columbia, George and Bridget from Scottsdale, Arizona, Stella from Candia, New Hampshire, Clementine from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Anna and Clara from Victoria, British Columbia, Tuck from Lopez Island, Washington, Liam from Holmes Beach, Florida, Lily from Santa Clara, California, Henry and Owen from Buffalo, Minnesota, Cassie from San Francisco, Naomi from Titusville, Florida, Hannah from Westminster, Colorado, Josie from New York City, and Jace from Vancouver, Washington. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.